Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can become one of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.greatdetectives.net and you also still have a couple of days. Enter our Sherlock Holmes giveaway. Go over to giveaway.greatdetectives.net. Well, now let's get into this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date, July the 19th, 1949. And the title is... The Racket Murder Case. Yes, Ellen, what is it? Mr. Vance, will you pick up the phone in your private office, please? There's a call for you. Thank you, Ellen. And if it's all the same to you, please finish that little rhythm pattern you played on the buzzer just now. It's like (laughs) waiting for someone to drop the other shoe. That's what I wanted. Adds a little novelty to the pure office routine. (laughs) Miss Deering, are you happy in your work? That's all. Won't happen again, Vance. (laughs) Oh, uh, by the way, it's Mr. Markham on the phone. Good. The district attorney didn't sound excited, though. Guarantee it's not a murder case. I guarantee we've been keeping him waiting. I'll talk to you later, Ellen. Check. (laughs) Oh, that girl. Hello, Markham. Hi, Vance. Sorry to have kept you waiting. Miss Deering was playing games with the buzzer. How did she make out? She had the last buzz. (laughs) What's going on, Markham? Nothing of any importance. We're shutting down early today. Criminals have been kind, and so business is pretty bad down here. (laughs) I'd like to meet you. Can you make it? I'll check over my schedule and see. It might not be a bad idea. Hold the phone, will you, Markham? It's Miss Deering again. I'll wait. Yes? I'll ignore the fact that you didn't say thanks for my giving in to your whim about the buzz. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have a visitor out here, Vance. The same girl you spoke to in your office yesterday and the day before. Betty Crane? Mm -hmm, That's right. Only this time she brought company. Nice-looking fellow. Wants to see you. Have her come in. You said it. Oh, Markham, about meeting you. Yes, Vance. I'll call you back. Business is beckoning. Right, Vance. I'll be talking to you. Bye. Bye. Mr. Vance? Oh, please come in. Thank you, Mr. Vance. Uh, This is Jack Davis. How do you do? Hello. Well, how are you today, Miss Crane? Crane? Jack, did you hear that? Yeah. Even he calls me Crane. Hey, what is this? I might ask the same question. You are Miss Betty Crane. Even Philo Vance calls me Betty Crane. Jack, I I can't stand this any longer. Well, I... Listen, Vance, I came up to talk to you because I needed help. But not from you. Not if you call me Betty Crane. I'm not Betty Crane. I never heard of her. But you're the third person today who's called me Betty Crane. Jack, we're getting out of here. The boss shouldn't have sent me to see Vance. If anybody else calls me Betty Crane, I'll I'll hop out of my skin. Oh, take it easy, Janie. Take it easy. Come on in. Let's report to the big man. 
Hi. Hello, boss. Uh, go on in, Janie. Right. Well, you too. Get the Vance all right? Boss, something's awful funny. Vance pretended he knew me and called me Betty Crane. Yeah, that's right, boss. I was there. It's the third time today somebody's called me that name. I, I don't know what's going on. Neither do I. Tell you one thing it means, though. It means we operate without Vance. Uh, maybe that's just as good. I never wanted him in on our racket in the first place. We're not doing things the way you want, Jack. Vance would have been a great guy on our side if the district attorney found out what we're doing. That's why I sent Janie to see him, Vance and Markham, are buddies. If we could have gotten Vance in with us, of course, he'd uh, never know what we really were doing. We'd be uh, safe from the D.A. forever. Well, it's out, and that's that. Well, never mind that's that. From here in, what's what? We proceed according to plan. Tomorrow, you and I go to see our first three prospects and close the deals we've started. Everything uh, entirely reasonable, you understand. But, Jack... Uh, yeah, boss? Better bring your gun along, in case our friends don't listen to reason. <coughs> Forty out of three dollars. See ya, miss. Thank you. Yes, sir. What can I? Oh, it's it's you two, huh? Yeah, Mister Blake recognizes us. You see, Jack. You're right, boys. That's because we got charm. That right, Mister Blake? Yeah, I suppose so. Had a chance to think over what we spoke to you about, Mister Blake? Well, I uh, good, I thought... good. That's fine. I'm glad to hear you're going to be with us. Kind of like to have this uh, drugstore as one of our outlets. Now, do what you told, Mr. Blake. Keep your mouth shut and you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise to the fact that there's more than one way to make a buck. We'll be seeing you tomorrow night, Mr. Blake. Hey, there's the man we want over in the back of this store, right, boys? Right, Jack. Huh? He sees us, too. Only he isn't making any effort to duck. That's a good sign. Hey, you know, boss, maybe we do have a little charm at that. Uh, hello, Mr. Barney. Oh, hello, gentlemen. I, uh, I've thought over what you wanted me to do. How much of a percentage do I get? Ten percent of the profits. It'll pay your rent, Mr. Barney. Easy. Same as slot machines, only nobody can see what you're doing. Glad you'll be with us. Start doing business first thing in the morning, but, uh, only with customers you trust. Get that? Yes, yes, I understand. Good. Well, so long, Mr. Bonnie. Glad you're with us. And you're going to be glad, too. Am I? I wonder. Well, last stop for today, this men's shop. Right, boss? That's right, Jack. Ah, I see our friend, the proprietor behind the counter. And nobody else in the shop. Come on in. Hello, Mr. Cummings. Oh, it's you two again. Well, charm isn't working so good here, Jack. Now, look, both of you. When you came into my store yesterday, I told you I didn't want anything to do with your idea. That's right, you did. But the boss here was very nice to you. He decided to give you a day to think it over. That's why we're here. Right, boss? That's right, Jack. We uh, want to give a man a chance to correct the mistake. Now, Mr. Cummings, please be smart. You take no risk, all you do is collect. What could be sweeter than that? It's dishonest and I won't do it. What's more, I'm going to the district attorney first thing in the morning and tell him what you two are up to. Well, now, I wouldn't do that if I was him. Right, boss? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, I wouldn't, Jack. Well, Mr. Cummings, I wish you'd change your mind about going to the DA. Yes, I bet you wish I would, but I'm not changing it. I'll never change my mind about that. Jack? Right. Oh. I sure changed his mind. Right, boss? Ellen. Oh, Vance. Oh, you scared me. I didn't hear you sneaking up on me. I didn't sneak up. Your typewriter was so loud, you just didn't hear me. Well, next week, you better get a silent typewriter. Or a silent secretary. (laughs) Ellen, did that Miss Crane call this morning? No, she didn't, Vance. Don't you think it's about time you cleared up that mystery? Why did she deny that she was Betty Crane or that she'd been here twice this week when she walked in here yesterday? I don't know. There could be two people who look exactly alike, you know, Vance. I once saw that in a movie, and nobody could tell... Ellen. Okay, okay, but I saw it. What's your explanation of the girl? I don't have any. You see, Ellen, I don't make any explanations. Things explain themselves to me. They either fall into a pattern or they don't. No pattern? None that has a reasonable shape, Ellen. Now, suppose you... Oh, Vance, glad you're here. Well... Oh, hi. Hello, Markham. You look excited. What's happened? Somebody murdered a man named Joe Cummings in his haberdashery shop an hour ago. We need help on this one, Vance. Well, glad to hear it. What's the story, Markham? So far as we know, Cummings had no enemies. His shop was just a neighborhood store. Robbery wasn't the motive, and there is no indication of who shot him or why. Leave it to Vance. He'll find a button from the murderer's coat in the dead man's hand, or a mysterious letter that was only partly finished, or something. Not this time he won't. There's absolutely no indication of who it was that killed Cummings. None at all. Well, then there's no point in my going to the scene of the crime, is there? None whatsoever. Vance, I've come to you with a lot of involved cases, and you've succeeded in simplifying them. This one is simplicity itself. A man was killed. Somebody walked into his store, shot him, and walked out again. Now, how do you find a killer in a situation like this? You look for him, Markham. Apparently, he made no mistake committing the crime. But he either made one before, or he will make one now. Killers always make mistakes, Markham. Their first mistake being the fact that they think they can kill and get away with it. All right, Jack. Let's see the list of people we got to call on tomorrow. All right, boss. Here you are. Six spots, huh? Yeah. Not bad for a starter. And there'll be more when they find out what happened when that Cummings guy wouldn't play ball. Right, boss. Are you going to need me tonight, boss? You, Janie? Yeah. No. No, I don't think so. That, uh, that business of Vance thinking he recognized you has got me thinking, Janie. I just hope I'm not thinking correctly. See, you're all good. Well, I don't know what you mean. Supposing, uh, Supposing you had been to Vance's office before. That would make you a nice double-crossing dame, wouldn't it? Why, you don't think I'd do that. And if I did, would I go back there again with Jack so Vance could make that crack? Oh, I haven't figured out that angle yet. Jack, uh, give me a gun. No, no, Jack, don't. Boss, you're not going to kill Jane. Give me a gun, Jack. All right, boss. Yeah, but I wish you wouldn't... Kill Janie? Yeah. I'm not going to, yet. But your gun killed that storekeeper Cummings, Jack. I don't want you walking around with it in your pocket. Oh. Uh, Okay, boss. Uh, Thanks for looking out for me. Oh, I look out for everybody who works for me, Jack. I take care of them all. One way or another. 
Baz, what are you dragging me all over town for? This is the tenth shop we've been in, and we found out nothing. There's a little piece of information I'm holding out on you, Markham. I think I know why Mr. Cummings was killed. Now, Vance, don't make me go through one of those that's impossible routines. But how could you know? I can't tell you yet. Ah, there's the man we want to see, Mr. Barney. He owns this soda store. Come with me. Of course, Vance. Only, why are we seeing him? You'll find out in a moment. Oh, Mr. Barney. Uh, Yes, gentlemen? Hey, what can I do for you? Mr. Barney, my name is Vance, Philo Vance. This is Mr. Markham. How do you do? We believe that you've been asked to take part in a racket that is using small storekeepers. Well, uh, how could you know that? I I haven't even started yet. I've done nothing wrong. This is it, Vance. Mr. Barney, who wanted you to take part in the racket? Who's behind it? Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know their names. Two men. But I didn't do anything wrong. I I didn't do what they asked me to. What was that? Well, I can't tell you. I, I don't dare tell you. They'll kill me. They won't kill you, Mr. Barney, providing you tell us as much as you know so we can find them. No, no, now go away. Get out, go away from here. Leave me alone and don't ask me questions. Don't. They'll kill me if I talk. Who'll kill you? I won't answer you. I won't. I don't want to die the way Cummings did. I don't want to be murdered. Now go away. No matter who you are, go away and leave me alone. I won't say another word. You'll never find out anything else from me. Now go away. And if you won't go away, I will. Well, well, Markham, we've made some progress. Have we? I don't see it. Outside of the fact that there is some racket going on that utilizes small storekeepers, I don't think we've found out a thing. We're not even close to the men who killed Cummings. I wouldn't say that exactly, my friend. I'm sure I know who murdered Mr. Cummings. Now all that remains for me to do is prove what I already know. This is District Attorney Markham. The racket murder case opened with the finding of the body of George Cummings, owner of a small men's shop. In searching for a reason for his death, Philo Vance and I found another shopkeeper who admitted he was about to do something illegitimate for two individuals, but refused either to name them or the racket. Vance is certain he knows who killed Cummings, but admits he has no proof. And to this moment, we don't know what illegitimate activity the killers were promoting. It may be going on right now in any part of the city. Anything else, Mr. Ogden? Uh, Yes, Mr. Blake. Now, here's a slip of paper with the bets I want to make today. Uh, Please, Mr. Ogden, I'll take that paper. I'm uh, keeping all of the slips together in this drawer here. I see. Now, uh, suppose I win. When do I get paid off? Tomorrow at this time. Good enough. See you then, Mr. Blake. So long. Goodbye. Well, I see business is pretty good, Mr. Blake. Now, uh, aren't you glad I let you in on this gimmick of mine? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I got a drawer full of slips that people give me with their money. You want to take them? Sure do. Tonight I'll figure out who wins dough, and I'll bring you that money tomorrow. Ten percent of my take goes to you, and uh, no trouble to anybody. Yeah, that's, that's the way it seems. Look, uh, I, uh... I don't want to tell you your business, and I know it isn't healthy to ask too many questions, but uh, what's the idea of using us storekeepers to take bets? Lots of reasons. One of them is uh, it puts me in the clear. Another one is uh, the suckers know you, and it's easy for them to bet. They don't have to go to look for a bookmaker. Mm -hmm. Third reason is I got a dozen guys working for me, a dozen honest guys, you guys. (laughs) So long. See you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, so long. Hey, Joe. Yeah? Take over for me, will you? I'm going in the back. 
I won't be more than a few minutes, Joe. Okay. Well, Mr. Blake? Well, did you get a look at him, Mr. Vance? I did just what you told me. You did fine. Yes, I know now whom I'm up against. He has a very cute little racket, hasn't he? He sure has. Well, Mike, he has the racket. But it's time for me to make a little noise. Boss. Boss. Take it easy, Janie. What's up? Plenty. Well, whatever it is can wait. I'm figuring up our take for today. Not bad, ain't it? Listen to me, boss. I'm not playing games. We're in trouble. What kind of trouble? Boss, when you went in to see Mr. Blake, the storekeeper, today, you made me wait in the store until after you'd gone. Oh, I was just covering for myself in case Blake got gay. He got gay, all right. He walked right in the back room of the store, was in there for a minute, and then Philo Vance walked out. I had to duck or I would have been spotted. Boss, Mr. Blake's double-crossing you. Oh? Janie, I'm a little surprised that you're telling me that. I just changed my mind about you. It's a good thing you did. I don't care what you did about me. But what are you going to do about Mr. Blake? Don't rush me, Janie. You know, I thought you were crossing me with Vance, and that's why I recognized you when you walked into his office the other day. Jack was with you, so you thought fast and scrammed. Well, what would I have been doing with Vance before that? I don't know. Maybe uh, telling him what was on my mind. I never knew what was on your mind. I didn't know about this racket until today. Okay, okay, Janie, I'm happy. Now, uh, go get hold of Jack and tell him I want to see him here in my office at midnight. Right. I think I know where I can find Make him. Make sure you get him. I'm going to give him back his gun. He and I are going to make sure that uh, Mr. Blake sleeps tonight for a long, long time. Hello, Vance speaking. Vance, this is Ellen. Yes? Did I disturb you? All thoughts of you are disturbing, Ellen. Only I wasn't thinking of you. That's the difference between you and me. Me always, you never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I don't mind. I can afford to. I still work for you. <laughs> Not at 8 o'clock at night, you don't. What's this call for? Well, I'm still at the office, Vance, typing up the notes on the one-cent murder case. And I'm glad I stayed. So I'm beginning to gather from the enthusiasm in your voice. Would you care to tell me what's making you so happy? Sure, I'll tell you. I have a phone number for you to call, and I guarantee you it's going to make you happy, too. Hey, boss, I understand where we're going and that I got to knock off that shopkeeper named Blake, but I don't see what good that's going to do us. It's not going to do him any good either, Jack. I can't let him tip off Vance and the cops as to when I'm due there to pay off on the betting slips he took. And I can't let him pick me out of a police lineup later, can I? No, that's right. You can't, boy. And I can't let him set a bad example for our other clients, either. All right, now that that's settled, let's relax in ten minutes. Hey, boss, there's a motorcycle cop on a trail. What do I do? Speed up. Shake him off. Okay. No, 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 wait. Just speed up a little. I gotta figure something. Right. Who tipped them off to us, boss? And why don't I let them have it? Get your gun out and keep it handy. Yeah. I think your friend Janie crossed us, and if she did, I want to get that cop, and then we get her. He's coming nearer and nearer. I got a hot gun on me, boss. I'm going to step on it. Okay, okay. Maybe we better make a break. How much can you get out of this, boss? 70, 75, maybe. 
We're crowding 70 now. It's not we? enough. That guy's right alongside of us. Get over there! All right, all right. You better stop. Let me keep that gun handy. Okay. One wrong word and he gets me. Pulling off his gloves. He can reach his gun awful fast, boss. So can you, fast enough, shut up. Well, you two are the guys, all right. What guys? Don't play dumb, mister. You two are in a mess. Boss. Wait. What's wrong, officer? What's wrong? I spotted you two characters miles back there. What is it? You're going to a fire? Your wife having a baby or the speedometer broke? We were speeding? Is that all? That all. You were going 70. Oh, were we, officer? Well, you know, we didn't realize it. What happens now? Nothing much. Just a ticket. Let's have your license. Oh. Yeah. Here you are. Okay. And hey, you two. Got down on speeding. Somebody could get killed that way, you know. Officer, you're not kidding. <laughs> No, no. Just tell him his boss, Mr. Blake, called. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Tell him I'm going to sleep late tomorrow morning and for him to open up the store. Uh-huh. Okay, thanks and good night. Oh, now forever it snows. Oh. Oh. Now for a towel. And then to bed. Not quite, Blake. Hey, hey, what are you doing here? Hey, Blake? Oh, I uh, just came up to keep my friend Jack here company. Right, boss. Uh, I don't really want to see you, Blake, but he oh. does. And uh, I couldn't let him come out so late at night all alone, could I? No, no, wait just, wait just a minute. I, I, I don't know what's on your mind, but it's not true. I've been on the level with everything you told me to do. I, I did everything you said. Tell Jack to put down his gun. Oh, now, wait a minute, Blake. You and your friend Philo Vance had a little conference after I left you this afternoon. That wasn't very nice. Philo Vance? I, I don't know anybody named Philo Vance. Huh. Bad liar, isn't he, Jack? Right, boss. Blake, I trusted you, and you've made me very unhappy. I'm the kind of person who can't bear to be unhappy, alone. So, uh... I've got to make you unhappy. That makes sense, doesn't it? Now, look, you've, you've got to believe me. Maybe maybe Vance wasn't back in my store, but I I, I didn't tell him anything. I, I didn't tell him a thing. You believe that, boss? No. Me neither. Okay, Blake, this is it. No, no. No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jack. Now, Blake, go on over to that table and write a note saying what? you killed Joe Cummings. Wait a don't minute. say why, and don't try to slip anything into the note that would bring the cops down on well, I, Go I... ahead, do like I told you. Oh, gee, thanks, boss. That takes me right off a spot, don't it? Practically, Jack. Well, Blake, you gonna do it, or would you like to die real slow the hard way? I, I, I won't write anything. Oh, my, that's too bad. All right, Jack. He's all yours. But, uh, Jack, use the silencer this time. Let's not wake up the neighbors. Huh? Right, boys. No, Marco, Here no. we... Right, Jack, hey. I'll handle the big boys. Hey, what is... What's going on? shot, my friend. What's going on? How are you doing, Marco? Haven't had so much fun in months. Only my fun's almost over. Here it goes. My turn with this lug, man. Hey, boss, I... Well, Markham, 
That was a pretty good night's work, don't you think? It needs a lot of explaining how you knew all about this and everything else. Glad to tell you, my friend, after I see what's happened to Blake. Yeah. Maybe he was hit by the bullet that Jack fired. I'm finding out right now. No, Markham. He wasn't hit. He just simply passed out. Ellen! <laughs> That's better. Yes, Ellen, what is it? <laughs> There's that Miss Crane out here to see you, Vance. Ask her to come in, please. I could bring her in, no trouble at all. All right, Ellen, if it'll make you happy, come in with her. Right. Go right in, Miss Crane. Oh, hello, Miss Crane. Sit down. Glad you dropped in. Thank you. I, I imagined you wanted to talk to me. Yes, I did. Sit down, Ellen. Hmm, must be after six o'clock. It is. Miss Crane, I want to thank you for your help in clearing up this case of ours. Well, no trouble, Mr. Vance. I was glad to help. Just where did you fit into it, Miss Crane? That's what I don't understand. Well, I thought I was in love with Jack Mysterian. I was willing to do anything he told me to until I found out what he and the boss were planning. Then I came to Mr. Vance to ask for advice. That was before you came into the office with your friend Jack and I made the mistake of calling you by name. Yes. You thought fast and pretended to get hysterical so that Jack wouldn't know you'd been to see me before. Oh. Uh, there's something else I don't understand, Vance. How was it that you and Markham got to Mr. Blake's house in time to prevent the boss and Jack from killing him? I called Miss Crane and she told me she'd suggested that the boss and Jack silence Mr. Blake. It was her number you gave me on the phone, Ellen. Miss Crane believed they'd used the same gun that killed Cummings, which we now know they did. I called her, I called Markham, and we were in Mr. Blake's bedroom in time to prevent the murder. I had to tell the boss and Jack that Mr. Blake was in touch with you, Vance. It put me in solid and enabled me to know exactly what their next move was. No doubt about that. Well, I'm sorry your romance with Jack turned out so badly, Miss Crane. Well, I'm glad I found out what he was before it was too late. It's ended all right. And in case anybody cares, so is the racket murder case. to tip my hat to Ellen. I have never worked in an office with a buzzer system or an intercom. That was before my time. But if you did, didn't a small part of you want to play with the buzzer? 
Now, of course, you wouldn't do it. You'd tell yourself it'd look unprofessional. You'd tell yourself that it would get you in trouble. You'd tell yourself that your boss was a stick in the mud and would put it in your permanent record. But Ellen in this story just decides to live the dream. And Vance breaks it up, thus making him a buzzkill. Yes, I said it, and no, I'm not sorry. The one thing I, I guess I'm confused about is why the lady came into Vance's office with the thug and didn't give him a heads up. And I'm also confused as to what they wanted Vance to do. Though, I think more than anything, I will give the program credit for, you know, particularly after the monologue I had a couple weeks ago on Dangerous Assignment, them kind of gently throwing cold water on the idea of identical doubles. Vance didn't even uh, dignify the suggestion with a response. I did think it was kind of funny when... Markham said that he had a free afternoon because crime was slow. And I continue to wonder whether the series is written by people who have no idea what district attorneys actually do. But at any rate, an interesting episode. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And we have a comment from Stephen on the motor murder case. You question the motive of the mechanic for killing his partner in the card game scam. If I remember correctly, the boss said he had lost 15000 in the games. If the mechanic got 50%, that is $7,500, which would be $75,000 a day. Also, since the boss got suspicious, there wouldn't be any more chances to make money uh, from him, so the mechanic may have felt that if he didn't get the money now, he never would. That would seem to be enough motive uh, in the context. Well, Stephen, I would agree if there was some way the mechanic got the money, but it didn't seem like he would. I mean, maybe you could view it as revenge for the race car driver cheating the mechanic, but he didn't seem to be that type of character. Because that's just putting yourself in a whole bunch of trouble to bite someone. So I'm not, yeah, I I don't know if I'm uh, sold on the motive, but thanks for the comment, Stephen. And then on YouTube, we have a comment from Saysoft regarding the Broken Promise murder case um, with Mr. Chameleon. And uh, he writes, in that last scene, it became quite obvious that Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold had been has been taking shooting lessons from the Lone Ranger. And that referenced Sergeant Arnold shooting the gun out of the killer's hands, which is popular in a lot of movies, but not so practical in real life. I think it does serve a purpose in film and in radio to disable the villain, but without adding to the body count. I mean, that sort of thing would never happen on Pat Novak for Hire, but every episode ended up with, like, between three and four people dead, which is quite a lot for half an hour. Thanks for the comments, Saysoft. And now we're going to talk about our plans for Thursday in Season 14. Now, to be honest, Philo Vance is going to keep us busy for a good part of the year. Uh, we had planned to have Mr. and Mrs. North take over 
uh, in season 14, and then sometime in season 15, once we finished with the Joseph Curtin and Alice Frost episodes of Mr. and Mrs. North, we would have a new series that we would be doing that would not be the great detectives of old time radio, and we'd return to having five episodes per week sometime in season 15. However, that's been pushed back. Because we are dedicating our Tuesdays to yours truly, Johnny Dollar, we don't have days to play previously uncirculated episodes. And so we have some of those that we'll be playing on Thursday once Philo Vance concludes. And we won't finish those and get into Mr. and Mrs. North until season 15. And our contraction of the great detectives back down to five days per week will not happen until season 16. Now, what are we going to play on the additional day? Uh, I've been thinking about that, and technically, uh, I've been bought some time so I could just not even talk about it. But I think uh, I, think I do want to share my thoughts because I'm kind of excited about uh, what I'm thinking. There are two possibilities. Uh, the first idea, and the one that I've considered, is that we have a sixth day, uh, which would be uh, old-time radio adventure theater. Adventure theater would feature adventure program, and we would kind of have an intersparsing of anthology adventure shows, as well as adventure series that we would play all the way through. I would start out with detective-adjacent series that folks have expressed their interest in. Earlier this month, Francis sent me a letter along with a donation asking about Bold Venture, and this is where it would fit in. It would be part of the adventure theater, along with Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. And we would keep this... A on the same uh, main podcast feed where the Great Detective series are, uh, though we would eventually migrate it off uh, to its own feed. Because I, I don't think, you know, playing things like the Scarlet Pimpernel would be quite as well received. Again, there are more details to this, but since we are a couple of years away from this potentially happening, I won't get into the nitty-gritty here. The other option that I have thought about is that we could replace our Thursday Detective program with FBI Day, which would feature programs like This Is Your FBI and the FBI in Peace and War. I've not been as impressed with uh, the few episodes I've heard of the FBI in Peace and War, but I really do enjoy This Is Your FBI. Uh, my only concern is that it would almost be like we were doing two procedural episodes, and uh, they both kind of t tend to focus more on the criminals than the FBI agents in terms of who's being followed. But I'm open to considering that. I'm probably more enthused at the, this moment by the idea of adventure theater. I also have ideas for other old-time radio podcasts. I have uh, an idea for a science fiction uh, podcast. And the big challenge with doing an old-time radio science fiction uh, series 
is that there are essentially two types of science fiction programs. You've got a lot of the anthology programs, your Dimension X, your X-1, your Exploring Tomorrow, that are a lot of really serious, hard sci-fi looking at some amazing high concepts. And then you have the uh, science fiction uh, serials, stuff like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and Space Patrol that is often pitched more towards a juvenile audience and more basic adventures in space, or even space opera, depending on the series. I think I've figured out how I can do that and bridge the gap. There's also one particular series, a comedy series that I would love to do a week-by-week broadcast-through matching the air dates not necessarily to the day, but to the week for what they were doing on that series. Now, I will emphasize that these extra podcast ideas are not something that I will take on as long as I'm working a full-time job outside of the podcast. We don't have the time for it at this point. Though, of course, things could change. But Adventure Theater or, you know, the FBI Day would replace one of the series we're doing on Great Detectives. So we will get to one of those uh, series ideas probably in Season 16 of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio at this point. So we've got some good ideas for the future and I look forward to bringing them to you. All right, well, now let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Doug. Doug's been one of our Patreon supporters since July of 2021, currently supporting us at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for the support, Doug. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. All that good stuff that helps the uh, channel grow. We will be back next Tuesday with I Hate Crime. And next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance. But tune in tomorrow for That Man with the Action-Packed Expense Account, Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, where... Uh, Mr. McGregor? Hey, ready, team? I'm Johnny Dollar from the insurance company. Insurance company? What have they got to do with us? Well, they carry the papers. I'm only here to help you, Mr. McGregor. Of course. Sorry you you thought me cut, Mr. Dollar. We've been having a time around here. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah? Well, uh, come along to the pit. I'll show you what's what. This is the company's model three years hence we're testing. Oh, you worked that far ahead? Aye. We're planning a radically redesigned automobile. It's a big gamble. And you're in charge of the whole thing, huh? I'm to make it work. That's been my job here for 25 years. I've seen a lot of changes, Mr. Dollar. But never anything like this. New materials, new suspension, new steering. Mm-hmm. What about these accidents? Uh, you tell me. Three so far. And we've got the best engineers in the world. <laughs> you expect one failure, two maybe, but three. Uh, a fiasco like this can cost the company dear. It's been kept pretty quiet. 
hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, Instagram.com slash GreatDetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.